I might skip it for now. I will share it in now just so that it doesn't flash for later. I just added you to the, to the Twitter space, Greg. Okay, cool. Oh, or or invited you. Yep. Well, welcome. Hi, everybody. Uh, we are back. We were having technical difficulties, and um, I apologize in advance. And so, if you don't get enough time with Jen, it is all my fault. Um, but welcome back to episode twenty-six. It's the final episode of the year, so we're excited to have here. Jen Lee from backstage, backseat VC, because like I don't know why my head keeps going to backstage, uh, but I did it. I did it wrong a couple of times, so we'll get through it. Um, but in any event, um, for now, Jen, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, we just excited. We were super excited. Oh, you're muted. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, no, thanks so much for ha for having me. I actually didn't realize that this was going to be the last show of 2021. So <laughs> You're the last it. guest. You are the last guest. We, we are going to have a, a party tomorrow or next week. Uh, just oh, for, exciting. Yeah. So, um, you know, so we'll figure it out. But, you know, um, in case you don't know who we're talking to, can every, Jen, can you give everyone a little bit about you and, and just like, you know, who you are and what you've been doing? Well, Greg, before that, people can't hear them on hear hear the conversation on Twitter Spaces because you're not on Twitter Spaces. Oh, whatever Twitter Spaces. Really Everything's not. piped through you, man. It's not a problem for me. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, go ahead, Jen. Please go. <laughs> Just having all the issues today. I know. Um, yeah, I feel like I don't know exactly where to start. I feel like it's one of those things where it's like long story. But I guess I'll start at the beginning. Um, I'll wind it all the way back to 2010. And that's when like, I guess I first started as a quote unquote creator, which was not really used at all back in the day. So back in 2010, that's when I started um basically doing a lot and being a part of the whole like DIY like maker community that was like really huge back then so I was super involved in that space and created a lot of my own content as well so that was really cool um I actually mainly did it around food so I had a food blog that was like all about different recipes but also did a bunch of stuff for like the maker and DIY space fun fact I actually used to have the number one google search result for how to make homemade croissants since then, Google has kicked me off the number one spot for sure. But it was a lot of fun while I existed. But I think that's really what kicked me off in this whole journey. And then since then, um, I think content has always been something that I did for myself for fun on the side. But as like my career and like professional, I guess, aspirations grew, that's what I like. I pursued tech and startups and um, kind of did that more as a full-time thing while content was already or was always um, something I did on the side. So I guess fast forward from 2010 all the way 10 years later to 2020 um, when the pandemic happened, I found myself with some extra time on my hands as like a silver lining, I guess, and kind of wanted to like get back and kind of see what's going on in the space and very quickly realized that there was a lot of things that um, I had been following in its own individual buckets. But once I looked at it as a whole, that's what we now, I guess, are calling the creator economy. So um, basically, that kind of led me to where I am today and uh, with a couple different things. So one, last year, I started the 
Discord, uh, the community that you referenced earlier. So a space for the creator economy, passion economy, um, where founders, investors, creators, writers, anyone interested in the space can come together, learn from each other, meet each other and talk. I'm really proud of it because it really just started off as um, me listening to Lee Jin and Nathan Bachez's podcast or show rather called Music Creation. And I was on the call and I was like, I really want to meet the other people who are also watching this content at the same time. Um, how do I do that? So I literally just spun up the discord and thank goodness Lee and Nathan were like very open. So there was like, no formal association here. You just were like a fan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, like, I, I like checked with them to make sure it was okay, as in, like, oh, yeah. like, do you mind? Like, I don't know if you had a <laughs> like and to do this yourself, but they're like, no, 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 go for it. Like, um, we're happy to like help, like, tweet it out. So they did that a lot in the beginning. Um, but I think it's really cool to kind of see it grow beyond the show. Like, if you're in the Discord community, we talk about literally everything under the sun, and it adopts it. it basically adopts and adapts rather to all the different trends that have been going on too. Um, and I think what I'm most proud of is that it's still really active over a year later. I think that's one of the tough parts yeah. about building, building a community is actually maintaining it and keeping it engaged. So really happy with how that went. Yeah. So I, mean, I, was, I was just going to say that it was really interesting because we did have the passion economy pals slack like at the same time, right? Like that, that this sort of came up and yet, by the way, I'm, I was a member of that. I spent all my time in music. I don't ever go in the, the other one anymore, really. Right. Like, <laughs> um, well, I, I, I thought it was so interesting. I like, I assumed it was like Lee's thing, but then I remember seeing your original tweet. We, the first time we ever DM'd was what I was like, Hey, my invite link is not working. <laughs> I know. I remember that. I was like, Oh, that's very strange. Um, yeah, no, it was definitely like without Lee and Nathan, the, like the discord wouldn't wouldn't exist like without their yeah. support but yeah it was just like i was watching i think it was the show with joe from stir so i was like oh my god joe said so many cool things and like me and nathan <laughs> had really a lot of hot takes during the episode i'm like really excited about it and i want to debrief with other people who watched it at the same time so that right. was like one of the first things that we talked about and then from there there was so much news and then before like basically a month in i was like Wow, there's a lot of crypto people joining. James Young from Collabland brought a lot mm -hmm. of them over. So I was like, oh, we need an event. So like everyone's like asking these crypto folks so many questions. Like let's host our first ever event. And then I was like, what should I call it? I'll call it tea time because I feel like that could be fun. Like it just feels very like casual and like informal. So our first ever event was like about like NFTs and social tokens back like in November of 2020. So I know like it's NFTs have been around forever, but I feel like it didn't really hit its stride until like February 2021. So I feel like we kind of like gave our members like a three month a little bit head start, you know? Yeah. So what is the, uh, what, like, what are some uh, like takeaways from like this year plus journey, right? I mean, it's like, if, if there's one thing that like, did you set out in, in, in your course of, uh, of your career, you know, you've kind of had you've kind of done all these things you've, you've worked with Justin Khan and you, you went on this podcast and you create the, this, this, this discord server. And then it kind of just took on a life, it's life of its own. Right. And like, is that something, did you see, did you ever think that it would get to where it is now? And, and what have you learned from this entire journey so far? Yeah, I think for me, and I think this is also advice I also give to people as well, which is like, I 
think that I pursue things honestly because I'm like interested in it and I pursue things that give me a lot of energy and try more in life doing that just yeah (laughs) exactly I feel like by bringing the energy and by being like inherently excited for doing what you're actually doing without really worrying about the outcomes um I think is actually something that has like guided this whole like this whole journey for me like 10 years ago like I didn't I was literally like in high school I was like didn't really like it was like oh this is fun I like meeting people and like people are like liking the stuff I'm posting and then I would have no idea what you need to what I'm working on now. So I think like pursuing things that give you energy makes it so that you also don't burn out as easily because it's not like you're doing it for a particular like end goal. It's not just like a means to an end, but rather like the journey itself is like part of the um, part of the process. But um, lots of different learnings. I can kind of go on and on, but I think there's, I would bucket them in a couple of different ways. I think number one, um, a lot of learning is about like how to build an engaged community. Like a lot of people after I um, created the community and kind of grew it, like reached out to me to kind of get advice about growing their own community. It's such a big thing that people want to learn how to do now. So I always am happy to kind of give tips there. I actually wrote a tweet thread about it with kind of like the key things I think people should do. So a lot of like learning to the community bucket, um, working with Justin, which I guess I didn't mention earlier, but yeah, I've been working with Justin also for like the past year on basically all things YouTube, TikTok, content. We also do a bunch of like special projects too, which I'm super happy like he's always game for, uh, such as our NFT drops earlier. And we have also a whole bunch coming up as well. So lots of learnings about content and like what it actually means to like be behind the scenes, how to think about that. And then I would say the third bucket, like I'm super passionate about tech and startups in this space in general. So I think it's really cool where I like, I feel like I'm a product person at heart. So I always love like tweeting about these like new product ideas. I hope people build one day. So <laughs> I think that there's a lot of really interesting there, really interesting things there where um, like sharing ideas and being able to generate momentum around it, um, I think leads to some really cool things. So we can dive into whatever makes sense. But I think, like in terms of the, uh, like I, I, I want to. I'm certainly. I think most of the show will be dedicated to 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 the music creation and everything else there. But I want to take a little bit of time and talk about you know working with with Justin. Like he's probably one of the earliest, I guess, the earliest creators that kind of really went mainstream, right? I mean, he had he created Justin TV, uh, or uh, and, and and everything like that. And and what is the um, what is that? experience been like like what what do you what have you taken away from working with uh, uh somebody who's kind of been in in web one to web three like kind of kind of really helped shape these three eras yeah definitely so working with justin first of all is great i think he is so open-minded and basically i think like, you always hear this term like bias for action and i think mm-hmm. he's like always open like that combination is like really crucial because he basically is so supportive of what um like what we come up with so working with justin um i think i learned a couple different things i think one i think for people out there who are like oh like how do i get these opportunities like how do i reach out i think you should just like go and shoot your shot so people always ask me like oh like how did you get this opportunity like did you know him before like was one of your friends like friends with him like was it in like inside contact like actually none of it was true i basically listened to him give a talk in the discord community 
And then after he gave a talk, he like mentioned that he needed help with his podcast. So I messaged him. I was like, hey, like, I really love your talk. I saw that you needed some help with your podcast. Um, here's like why I think that I can be really helpful to you. So I sent him like all like different types of like content that I've done in the past. And then um, including my food blog. So then the very first DM that I ever got from Justin back was like, wow, your wontons look really good. And I was like, oh, wow, <laughs> what a great conversation starter. Um, so when you reach out, I think you got also got to be memorable in some right. way. Um, but basically, I think it was that. So after um, we kind of we were like going to get an initial call, I think one of the main things with, that I would recommend for people to do is that you have to come with like, some value or some ideas that you can add to the table. So I basically told, told Justin, hey, like your podcast is great, but honestly, I think you need to get on YouTube and you need to get on TikTok and like, here's exactly how you would do it. Mm-hmm. And then honestly, I was actually surprised because he's like the original, like the OG mm-hmm. live Good streamer. thing you didn't suggest Twitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Actually, that was part of the plan, like part of the um, ideas, the initial set of ideas list too. But like, he was like, Oh, I'm actually a little bit like intimidated by video. Like, I feel like it takes a lot of work. He's like, obviously the Twitch streamers who do this in a day. And I was like, this is the guy that had a camera on him for 24 seven. I mean, if anyone would know how hard it is, it would that's be true. Hard, you know? So it's fair. It's fair that he was like, yeah, I don't know if I want to go back down that road again. Well, yeah, well no, but maybe hard. maybe Justin's like, okay, he just likes the raw version. He doesn't want to do the post production. That's the hard <laughs> right, part. Like, right. I don't want to do the post production, the polished stuff now. Yeah, exactly. But I was like, like, don't worry. Like, I'll take a, take care of everything. All you have to do is like sit in front of the camera and film. I'll even like send you like the links of like the cameras you'll need. So oh, yeah. I think it's one of those things where it's like number one, like go shoot your shot. But as like a one A, like you also I think need to bring some value. Basically, tell a person like why like you would be the one who would be best to work with and to basically provide and play to your strengths. So I think that's really cool. I think number two, like one of the main things I thought think was really cool is that I think for me, like I like to think that I'm creative and resourceful and that's kind of what I am able to bring to the table. So by being able to like play to my strengths, we were able to come up with a couple of cool ideas. One, I think it's just like how um, we always are experimenting with our content. So we always trying out different formats, going from story times to like roasting startup pitch decks to like life advice and kind of doing like little clever things here and there to keep the content fresh and new. And then in addition to that, I think that creativity and resourcefulness, um, like is something that me and Justin relate to each other with. So that really helped when we did our first NFT drop back in February of 2021, where we actually dropped our YouTube um, videos as NFTs on OpenSea. And that was a lot of fun where it was kind of like in that first wave of like the NFT um, like excitement. So Can it was really cool. Can you explain that a little bit? Can you unpack that a little bit? Just how that worked? for folks because I know a lot of people are like how do I do this stuff right (laughs) (laughs) yeah definitely it's funny because I feel like February feels like back in the 14 years ago yeah (laughs) yeah it feels like a few years ago but basically at that time I think there was just like so many different like the projects now are so much more sophisticated than back then so please everyone don't judge we were just trying to figure things out but we thought it was really cool the idea of 
when we first launched launched a channel, people would comment and they'd be like, oh my God, like, I can't believe I'm here before like 10,000 subs. I can't believe like I'm like the first comment or I can't believe I found this channel so early. And they would joke, right? Because Justin is a investor now and he is um, for GOAT with with Robin. That's like the firm that he has, um, he like works on. And what I think is really funny is that people would joke in the comments and say, oh, like I wish like I'm angel investing in Justin's like YouTube channel by subbing at like 500 subs because it's going to grow. Like I know it. And right. I was like, Oh, that's really cool. I feel like there could be something fun where it's like, why not? What if you have like a badge to kind of prove like how supportive you are. So that kind of kicked things off where I jokingly like, like literally on Canva made a like, like congrats on 10 K. Cause we got like 10 K after 18 days, which I thought was really cool. Wow. Sent it over to Justin. And I was like, LOL. Like I made a like non NFT NFT. Cause it was literally just like something I sent over. And then we're like, wait, like what if we actually did an <laughs> NFT drop? So that basically led to it. And the thing is we wanted to do it right. So that was actually how I met a lot of people who I know in like the web three space now, um, like Jess from seed club, James young from Collabland. I feel like I, they're like my trusted mm. like confidants in this space because I was like, I don't want to just do it. Like, I think a lot of people at the time were doing it as a cash grab, but I was like, like, how do we make it so we can like build value wherever the person who wants to participate um, ends up being. So I wanted to make sure there was value for people who were actually buying the NFTs and holding it. I wanted to make sure there was value for people who were bidding on the NFTs. I wanted to make sure there was value, even if you were just observing and kind of just like looking on. So a couple of things that we did that I thought was really cool and that Justin was just like super excited about too, and kind of speaks to like how open he is to experimenting and trying out different things is um, every bid was like entered into a $10,000 like ETH giveaway. So regardless of you actually ended up holding an NFT, you were like entered for a chance to win 10K, which I thought was really cool. That's cool. Um, number two, if you actually got an NFT, we made sure there were like one of ones and one of many. So we had like 150 that people could buy. Um, you were invited to what we called like our like, certified Justin Khan stories holders a call. So the idea is that you would be able to like give feedback, talk to Justin, kind of like Q&A sessions and kind of be a part of like a mini community that didn't meet like, it's not like a community like music creation is where it's like mm -hmm. uh, all the time thing, but rather you like get together once in a while and yeah. kind of have that FaceTime. So I thought that was really interesting. And then even like the buying experience, like doing it on the auction base, kind of like uh, the different drops and the different types of things that we had going on as we were doing it, creating content alongside it was like all part of the experience. And I think that's what people forget, which is like an NFT isn't just the NFT itself, like what you actually get to own, but you get to, it's part of the experience. It's part of the fact that you're able to say and meet other people who have like similar interests and be a part of the community and kind of take part in the whole thing is part of like what you're buying basically. Wow. Greg, you got anything? Or do you want me to? Uh, yeah, I guess, well, I guess, can you, that's a tremendous amount of trajectory, I guess, like in a, in a short sort of period of time. And I know like it, it's been a, a, a number of experiments, right? Um, and to some degree, everyone's still experimenting, right? Like no one's like solved or figured out per se anything here. Do you see this sort of quickening though, sooner or later, like into 
like repeatable things like or programs that you think like or you recommend like for for builders uh you know putting stuff together that they should be thinking about doing now like you're like hey we tested this model you know maybe justin doesn't want to do it all the time but but it was a viable one or you know or do you think it's still like kind of early and you do you encourage just more experimentation i mean obviously i think you should still experiment but always <laughs> yeah i think it's one of those things where um you have to have a balance but in general like if you're okay i think i would have different advice depending on what the who the persona is so i think if you're a creator um I would definitely recommend to like build up your like super fans, like build up that base and like have a really close relationship with them and like experiment along with them. So I think what is really good framing for this is actually what Colin Samir uh, had talked about in one of their previous videos, which is the idea of the difference between a creator that is like ideas based versus like relationship based and both types of creators are very valid and there's creators who are huge in both spaces but you have to know yourself or at least for me like I have to know like what Justin would be um like better like of the two better at building an audience in and I think for us it's like being that relationship based creator we're like building that relationship with the fans so I think the idea is that as long as we experiment within that I think it makes a lot of sense for us to continue to do so. So it's one of those things where it's like experimenting makes it so that your audience gets something new each time and kind of can see things like evolve over time. And then we also double down on things that we know will work. So for example, roasting startup pitch decks, we've done multiple times now just because it's such a like a fan favorite at this point in time, even though that's actually something for our super fans because honestly, in order to reach a more generalizable audience, there's probably more differentiated topics that we'll probably talk about and kind of keep moving towards. So it's one of those things where it's like, you got to find what makes you different. And the way you find it is by like understanding who your super fans are. And then you have to figure out like where you want to go. And then you experiment to get there. Do you see anything? And I guess this is probably more like an outlook for, for 2022 and, and beyond. Uh, based on your conversations with and your involvement with, with Justin and also what you're seeing on the means of creation discord, are you seeing any type of trends or technologies that like, cause we're kind of very much inundated by all these new technologies that are coming out of the woodwork right now. Um, the Lincoln bios to the, to the crypto, to, to the tokens, to, you know, whatever. Right. Um, some of them are, as we know with tech trends, some are great, some are, most of them will be misses. Are you seeing any that are kind of really will stand out in the next year or or beyond that, that like will actually have legs? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, no one really knows for sure. But if I right. had to take a guess, um, I feel like there's several that I'll probably highlight. I think number one, um, I think creators are going to go more and more international. So I think what was really cool about the popularity of Squid Game is that I think it was one of the like first times in the U.S. that something was so mainstream, but it was actually watched with subtitles. Um, and I think that actually shows the potential of how creators will really be able to really go international, where creators that other countries know and love will become creators that people in the U.S. will know and love and vice versa. 
And I think like a lot of people probably will call out examples where like Mr. Beast launched his Spanish channel and that is taking off. Uh, for Justin, like we actually launched on Douyin, which is the TikTok, like China's TikTok as mm-hmm. well. So I think there's a lot of potential for this like cross pollination where like creators can really break down borders. And hopefully the technology that helps this, which will be like the translation and like the dubbing and things like that, will kind of help that move a little bit more quicker than it has in the past. And also just, I think like people are more open-minded to that um, in general, kind of the globalization of content and creators, I think is going to be really powerful. So I'm excited for that. And I feel like there's a lot of really interesting um, ways that you probably have already seen this trend. So it's like already here. I think we're just going to see it more formalized. Like for example, YouTube shorts blew up in India and they like beta tested in India before they even brought it to the U S um, like I said, like the Mr. Beast ones, um, things like that. It's going to, I think that trend is going to keep going. Cool. So I think that's one. Um, and then I would say number two, um, I feel like one of the things that you wanted to talk about as well was like the whole concept of the ownership economy. So yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. really interesting. I think there is like, can you I define don't. it first, by the way, just because I think, <laughs> I feel like everyone's got a like slightly different definition and I'm always curious to hear how folks think about it. So kind of how I think about it. So, okay. I would say, first of all, there's, there's like, there's levels to this or whatever that quote is, which is like, um, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Everyone. I think people have very like controversial and hot takes. I'm like, there's like literally a gradient of like how much this, or how this makes sense. Kind of how I think about it is maybe, I'm not sure this analogy will like land everywhere, but Um, I do think that one of the things that is really cool when you think about compensation in general is the idea of like cash plus equity compensation. I think in the tech world that has been pretty like standardized, which is like when you work at a big tech company, you would almost expect that you would get cash Mm -hmm. plus equity. And sometimes there's actually tech companies who like have only paid cash and then gotten backlash that they aren't offering equity that they aren't offering employees who help build the product, who help shape the company, don't get a piece of the company itself. And that, I think, is just what the ownership economy is, just more broadened to beyond um, W-2 employees. So the idea is that if you think it's wild that um, like you don't get to at least choose whether or not you get some stake at the company that you're working for, um, like, I think the same principles apply just for people who aren't, like, full-time. And the way that work is going, I think people more and more are going to have, like, side projects or working on multiple gigs or, like, doing a lot of different projects to, like, really support themselves and support their interests. I think the ownership economy just helps puts in, like, help puts a name and, like, broadens that idea. And then I would say that crypto and Web3 um, help provide, like, a way in which you can do that when you don't have like a big tech company with like easy ways to like distribute shares and all of that. Yeah. I, well, it's interesting. Cause, uh, and I, by the way, I appreciate that you do say that. Cause I think, and I think you're right. Like I know I've had some reactions to this in the past. Um, and I think it's because there is no sort of like voice that goes with like the way people write or message. Right. And so folks kind of stake a claim or a point in the time, in the gradient somewhere. And they sort of argue from there. Right. Like, um, and it, maybe it's that they do recognize all the downstream parts of it or the upstream parts of it, but like, they're like, I'm here. 
right? Like, <laughs> and this is where it's going to be. And it's interesting. I actually find, you know, an interesting dichotomy here or sort of like, you know, sort of almost hypocrisy, right? Is um, the, the creators fighting for this are equally in my book, like, you know, I'm not saying they're, they're bad players per se, but they're almost equally involved in some of this, right? Like their success is built on their audience's participation and engagement, right? And we haven't rewarded, they don't like, that's not being rewarded downstream either, right? Like, so like everyone wants to shoot, you know, Facebook and, and Twitter and all these guys, uh, you know, sort of in the face, right? But like, this is like a double-edged sword because I think like the creator side is also sort of starting to like have to come to grips with that truth about their existence as well. That's true. I think, but I also think that, like, I think the ownership economy, like, should encompass that as well. I think yeah, that's actually yeah. one of those things where it's like, um, like, you would hope, like, let's say, like, for example, I think this is the easiest one to understand is like, as an NFT project creator, um, you put out your art, and like, you think it's really beautiful, and your supporters are buying it to support you. I think the idea is that like any NFT project creator would be like, well, I hope the value goes up, not just for myself, but for the supporters because maybe they'll be able like they'll be able to like gain value there that they can choose to liquidate whether or not so i actually think it's like very much like yeah it's like ownership economy all the way down i think it, it could definitely yeah. apply i think that actually leads to my third uh, quote-unquote trend that i think is really interesting or that i think will is like kind of here to stay which is um like creators are like creators can be businesses as well so i think the tools that you've seen that work for like enterprise SaaS will mm -hmm. also be applied to creators as well. So I think a lot of the times where it's like, um, like analytics and taxes and like basically like who's automating or like helping creators do all the boring stuff so that they could actually focus their idea and actually creating. I think there's a lot of really interesting things there as well. So I think that it's like sounds really boring, but it's like the enterprise sassification of creators. <laughs> well, I think you're right, though, right? Because like, if you want to achieve the kinds of gains that you imagine, you have to operate in like in some kind of structural model, right? Like that that helps you achieve those goals, right? And that um, now I think the the thing most creators probably want to hear is, and what I think hope, and we I think we've talked about this in the past on the show is that happens is just because you need to be a business doesn't need mean that you need to be a business person. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. Right. And, and I think that that's maybe the distinction where a lot of creators, you know, like some people don't want to sell ads, right. Because they're like, I don't want to sell out. I'm like, but you want to do this for a living. Right. Like, so it doesn't necessarily mean you're selling it. It also doesn't mean you're giving up your creativity per se to like be in the business part, but hopefully more operational things and things like that will come to full to help people you know, do these things. And, and you just need to know enough not to get scammed by somebody basically. Right. You know, it's, it's uh, kind of interesting that we, on the show, Greg, you know, what has been like four or five, six months that we've done this show. And so far we've, we, I mean, we started out with the premise of, you know, looking at the creator economy, you know, and it's like, Oh, it, it's easy. Like just look at this creator economy. It's this easy thing, but it's just this monstrous thing, a monstrous phenomenon and then we talk to other creators who we talk now. You, you, there's another subset called the uh, passion economy. And now we have this other thing called the, the ownership economy. And it's like, I, I, I'm very curious to see like where it all lays out. And Greg, I know we, you, you've done that infographic uh, a few months ago. Kind of be interesting to see how all of it kind of boils together and, and 
evolves over time, uh, especially those that are, wow, you're quick on the draw, Greg. It was, it, was already, it was already in the queue, so. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. And all of a sudden, boom, there it is. I'm like, wait. I was like, wait, I think I uploaded that before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Greg, wait, is that like a, is that like a Elgato, like a stream deck type of button you just have? Uh, you know that one, that one is just built into. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's, uh, but it's like, how does, how does that, would that evolve over time as we, as you know, we, we start to see more people participating in you know the uh, creators and builders participating in in discords like like means of creation and and other server and other slack servers servers or other communities and seeing what they're doing and how they're how they view where they are uh you know jen i i do find it fascinating that that the ownership because everything that you that you and greg were just talking about it's like i think for those that are on etsy for example right i mean there's like Sure, it's like a, you have the traditional merchandise, merch, uh, a merchant to consumer behavior experience where you're like, okay, buy my, you know, support small business, buy my goods, and that, and that's it. It's like it's just a one to one, it's a one time transaction mostly. But then, how do you, from a digital creator side, it's like, how do you do that without saying, oh, I don't want to do ads, I don't want to sell it? Well, you have to make money somehow, right? I would assume <laughs> that you're. You're not going to be like the Scrooge McDuck where you're just like, forget it. I'm just going to dive into my vault of, of coins and just. And, I don't think Jen knows what the Scrooge McDuck reference. <gasps> Do you know Scrooge McDuck? No, DuckTales? No. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Uh, uh, Donald Duck's. Uh, all right. Don't, don't explain it. You're just going to make it worse. All right? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but general preface, Scrooge McDuck, uh, wealthy duck. He has this big <laughs> vault of coins he dies into. It. Anyways, oh man, I gotta, I'm gonna find this video and I'm gonna share it with you, Jen. Oh my god, I'm sure it's vintage. It, oh vi wow, <laughs> you just, she just called us old. She Those are appropriate words for describing Ken, I would say. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Anyways, but but the 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 I think for creators, it's like they want to be able to capitalize on this, make reoccurring. They want to do that subs uh, a subscription, but it's like, how do you do that if you're an artist, if you're a musician, if you're whatever. And it's like, the, I guess that's the, the power of NFT. It's not just, it's not just a JPEG. It's not just an image. Uh, you know, yes, you can like how Justin does it. He can go and create a video and yeah, he can, he can get money off of the ads, but like, how does he continue that relationship and, and, and build that better rapport with his, with his fans so that they feel invested. And so there's more of a community so I guess ownership and, and community kind of go hand in hand more, uh, more, more in more sense, as opposed to the ownership community for ownership economy for brands, which is very much all commercialized anyways. Like I think for the individuals, it's a different set. Uh, but I, I, I find it very, very fascinating. Uh, I kind of want to jump into the means of creation discord and kind of dig a little deeper into that, you know, I put it on Twitter that I was like, I, I think when we first started the show and I was kind of getting my head around what's going on, Greg introduced me to a bunch of, of different uh, resources, including the means of uh, creation. I'm like, but it, but it's, it, I don't know, like, what is your advice for somebody who's trying to figure this stuff out? They dive head into to a, a, a community like this and they're like, I don't know where to start because it can feel overwhelming. Right, because mm -hmm. there's a lot of lot of insightful information. You want to absorb everything, but it's just like 
I wake up every morning, there's all these notifications. Like I, I, I don't know where to, where to go, where to start you, in a, in a way, in a, in a odd way, you f- kind of feel paralyzed. So what is your thought for someone who wants to be a part of these type of communities? How should they navigate the waters? Yeah. So I think it's tough. I also think there's like tools that are being built to help solve this. Um, but I think, what I would recommend is that you can't be a part of everything. So I think number one, I think you have to be really good at managing your FOMO and figuring out like where you actually want to spend your time and like where you like really enjoy being. So it's one of those things where it's like, you can't make friends with like everyone. You kind of like have like you, I feel like most people have like their core group of people and then they're like acquaintances with like a lot of other people that they still enjoy like being a part of and like hanging out with them. And I think that those principles really relate to community as well. So I'd say like pick a, pick a subset and try to figure out like where you actually want to be an active member on. Um, the good thing is that a lot of discords always have like a, like if you're new, like start here or like start here or like onboarding channel or things like that. Um, I would, I would listen and like, and check that out because I think they, most people have kind of like put together. Like, Those feels content. like the instruction booklets that come like in stuff though. Like- <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, but I do think it's a good place to start, but I think the main thing Exactly. You want to, the main thing about the community is that you want to get started talking to people. Um, I think it's actually pretty easy to like be known in a community as long as you like actually participate. So I, what I would do is that number one, like put an intro in like their, in any intro channel. So then you can kind of like set the scene of like who you are. And then I would say for a community that you actually want to be active in to kind of just select like, a few channels where you are like active in like once a day, things like that. And just kind of look at it and see what other people are posting and kind of interact with them. Because as you actually become more active, it becomes easier to distill information because people will actually tag you in things that they think you find relevant. So I think that's pretty interesting. Oh, I'm um, in Miami. I wasn't well. going to, but I flew here three weeks ago to speak at a conference Sorry about and that. I haven't left yet. I'm supposed to be on another call. <laughs> oh, no. um, I'm actually supposed to go pitch Zealous right now. So like, I apologize. Um, Jen, I'm, I, I just want to say thank you before I go. Ken, you can definitely close up. And I, I just to be sensitive, Jen's time, I don't want to hold her. Uh, yeah, we'll just, we'll, just uh, we'll probably wrap it up at, right after this. Yeah. But, but I would, the only question I would leave uh, before I go is just um, like, what's next for the community, right? Like what, mm-hmm. What do you hope as a curator, admin, moderator, operator, you know, like to, to come from it? I'll watch this part in the video. I apologize. I'm going to run, but I'll see you in a second. Um, bye, everybody. And we'll see you next week. I can feel free to wrap up then. Thank yeah. you. Sorry, guys. Bye. All right, thank you so yeah. much. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, I think that's a really interesting question. So this is also a question that I feel like I struggle with answering as well, especially being in this like Twitter world tech twitter world which is everyone's i feel like or not everyone so many people are always working on new things and like launching new things all the time and i think it's really easy to get distracted by that and being like oh like i also need to work on something new even if you actually internally don't know if that's going to be the best thing for you um but i do think working something new is exciting so to be honest to answer greg's question like what's next for the community like honestly like table stakes is like I want to keep growing it and I want it to be as engaged. Like I want people to be as engaged as they are now and even more so as we like keep growing in the future. 
So the idea is just like, let's bring in more voices. Let's bring in more people with more perspectives who are going to talk more so that we can have good conversations, meet more people and kind of like learn and grow from that and hopefully facilitate connections that will like stand the test of time. But the thing is like, that was my initial goal from the very beginning. Like nothing has changed. Just want to keep doing more of that. So I think that's really how you build momentum over a certain period of time. It's like, you just got to keep going. Like my content journey, I guess, technically is 10 years in the making, um, which I didn't even know was happening. But I think really good things, like you kind of have to work in the shadows, take time and um, enjoy along the way. So honestly, it's like more of the same. I think there's a lot more I can do to like keep it, to make it more engaging, do more events, for example, kind of help make sure the new people who are talking a bit more are engaged and kind of meet more people. But honestly, it's like more of the same thing and we can always get better at it. Yeah. So I guess um, we're at time here, but I wanted to kind of close with one thing, or I guess a question that we typically ask is like, what kind of, what is your advice for those, you know, cause you've been on both sides. You're, 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 you're that, you're straddling all sides of the, of the kind of spectrum, right? I mean, as a, as a creator, as a, as, as, as someone that's, as a builder and, and as a just general observer of, of all these trends, what would, what advice would you give to somebody who's like, Hey Jen, like I'm, I'm, I have, I want to build a startup. I want to do a startup. I, I want to reach these, uh, reach creators, but I don't know where to like how to start or what they really want. And yes, I can go and talk to them and hear what they want, but like, what, what advice would you give them in terms of how they should be thinking about the creator economy? So I think number one, like you have to, like you said, know your user. I think ideally, if you're passionate about this space, um, you might as well also be your own user. Like, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of um, the insights that I am able to have is because I'm like, oh, like, I like experienced that as a creator myself. Like, I was no, like, the stuff that I'm a creator at, like, we're definitely like, way levels, like, below like any of these like huge creators but you still kind of see the genesis of certain um problems earlier on and i think the reason why it's important is that as an entrepreneur i think you have to be really good at like being creative being resourceful and being able to connect disparate ideas together because that's what's going to help you form a unique insight that you can use to stand out from everyone else because everyone else has their own set of experiences that they're drawing their unique insight on. So I think you got to do that and play to your strengths. So I would basically like sit down and kind of list out like what your different strengths are, what experiences you have like as a creator yourself or having like observed any of them, try to figure out how you like what's the coolest way you could connect all of that together into something that you can actually build and have that stand the test of time and I think that's the second thing which is like I think it's really important to just get started people always get a little bit um nervous about like releasing something or launching something I think you can never launch like enough times so you always got to think about like what is the MVP how do you actually keep an MVP like minimally viable and just get started, get something out there to get some feedback. And I think with that, it honestly generally applies to a lot of different things is to keep experimenting. But when you actually find something that people like, 
don't let other people distract you from like your goals and what you think your strengths are, because those are going to remain the same most likely. Cool. So what surprised you the most about this year in the creator economy? Um, oh, that's a good question. I mean, because I... we're at the end of the year, you might as well do some uh, retrospective, you know, it's like, <laughs> it, it, it's like, is it, is it that rally token or that, that creator tokens have kind of really taken off to a certain degree uh, that NFTs have become this big hit uh, that Lincoln bio tools are there. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. It's like, I'm kind of hard to really grok what like, like Lincoln bio, like, okay. They're low hanging fruit. They're the stickers of the web of the web three era. Like, but what else, like what has surprised you the most? I would say, I would say two things. I think number one, um, people always talk about how like how difficult Web3 is and like why and the UX is like terrible. And I agree, like there's so much room for improvement. But I think what surprises me is like how many people, especially creators, um, who have who are able to adapt super quickly and like release their own projects or like learn about the space or like make connections in the space. So I think it's one of those things where it's like, never underestimate like highly motivated creative and like adaptable and flexible individuals to like get into any space that they find interesting so i think that was surprising like how fast people were able to kind of like learn about something and pick something up and really honestly be an expert in something because it's there's still so much to learn. I think everyone is like in a space where it's like, I definitely can't call myself an expert. There's so much more to learn, but there's also a lot of like, but if you are even learning about it now, you're still really early. So I think that's really interesting. Um, and then number two, I think it's just like, or in general over the past two years, it's been pretty exciting to see how many like newly minted creators there are in the past. It was so much harder to be a creator. Like for example, like I like, I had like a WordPress and like a whole bunch of like different things. I was trying to get like Mediavine to like get like banner ads and things like that. Ooh, but now ads, like yeah. everything is like all built into the platforms. Um, there's so many different ways to create regardless of like what type of person you are, whether you're better on video, or whether you're not good on video um, and or, or better on audio or just like photos, different types of content, like anywhere from comedy to food to like enter just like general entertainment lifestyle things like that and i think tiktok and clubhouse had a lot to do with it which is like that was the first time in a while that i felt like a uh, new generation creators were like basically came up as a result and that lowering of the barrier to entry is really exciting i think that was definitely something where the scale of it was something that i think was surprising where it's like like initially i think everyone was like oh, you have to have these set of skills before you can be a creator. But now um, you can really just start creating and build an audience seemingly on anything that you can rally an audience around. Cool. Well, Jen, uh, I want to be cognizant of your time. but and, and thank you so much for joining Greg and I, or at least joining me for the entire show, Greg, for partially <laughs> of the show. Um, uh, and we for those that want to know more about the means of creation discord uh where could they go to 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 check it out uh is there is there a url for them to check out 
Yeah. So honestly, the easiest way, because like, I guess I still have not set up a redirect, here, <laughs> but the easiest way is if you go on Twitter and you look up, look up myself. So at backseat VC and you go to the pinned tweet at the top, um, that will take you to the discord invite link. And then from there you can join. And I would recommend to introduce yourself and to drop your Twitter link and then you'll get started and start reading all the different channel or all the different messages that are coming through. My favorite channel is resources and reads. I feel like that's the one that has like really exciting news. There's always a lot of like conversation happening there. Lots of really cool people to meet. So that's what I would recommend. Cool. Well, thank you so much for, for joining us. Really appreciate it. And uh, we will talk to you soon. And if you would like to join us for our holiday party, uh, Greg apparently has his holiday party planned for next week. I have no idea what's going on. I'm apparently just showing up. Uh, but we'd love to love to have you on 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 the show again. Yeah, send me the details. And this has been super fun. Like, thank you so much for having me, Ken and Greg. <laughs> I'm, I'm honored um, to, to be able to spend the time. Cool. Well, thank you. And uh, well, I'm just going to wrap this up now. Oh, all right. Thanks, Jen, for joining us. Uh, we will be back next week for uh, for another episode of Created Economy, where we will have the aforementioned uh, holiday party. But for those that are interested in the news, uh, on Fridays, we will have Created Briefs uh, at 8 a.m. Pacific time, where Greg and I will recap what's happening in the Creator Economy. We have a doozy of, uh, of a selection this, this week. Uh, especially when it comes down to Instagram and TikTok and uh, Clubhouse and, and God knows whatever company decides to announce something around the creator economy space. Uh, so tune in uh, at 8 a.m. Pacific. Uh, we will be here for created briefs. Uh, then we will be off for the rest of the year uh, where we will have, but then we'll be back in January with our first guest on January 5th being uh, the, the people behind LinkedIn's creator program, uh, specifically their accelerator and their global uh, creator program. So uh, looking forward to having that conversation with them to learn more about how LinkedIn can be used for the creator economy. All right, thanks very much. And I will see you next week. Or actually, I'll see you on Friday for Creator Briefs. See you.